Trading Nut, episode 16. So could this be the low? The answer is actually yes, it really could. So right now, the long-term risk-reward leans bearish. It is not bullish. Most traders know that there have been 32 times in the past 100 years when the stock market has fallen 20%. The worst after-the-fact traders are in media outlets. Now, I think if traders are patient, I think they are going to be quite handsomely rewarded. The market's going to do something. Your job is not to fight it. The market never, ever runs away. It's always there. That personal diary of trading will make you a much better trader than... I could be right about the direction, but wrong about the trade. Don't focus on the monetary side. Trying to make too much money on a trade is what I have seen killed every trader. Your losses offer you some of the greatest insight you can find into your mistakes. Relax. Learn the process. Candlestick pattern trading is a freaking trap. Don't be in a rush to become a millionaire. Let the market tell you what the market wants to tell you. This podcast is not financial trading or investing advice of any kind. What's up traders, Cam Hawkins here from Trading Nuts. How's it going? This is your market predictions episode for 2019. So we're going to have five traders and I'm literally just on my mobile, just got a notification on the fifth trader. He's going to have something for me in 10 minutes. So five traders from the show that are giving them us their predictions for the year. So they're basically analysing some of the some of the major indicators around the market. So um, you've got all sorts. Actually, you've got a guy in there. We've got Troy Bombardier back on the show, who's like a savant when it comes to reading fundamentals. Uh, we have uh, Al Brooks, who has been around for years and years and years. He's got so many years of experience under his belt, and he really breaks down the S&P 500 from a monthly, weekly, and daily. We've got uh, we've got Andre Stewart back on, who gives us a really alternative view of looking at market predictions and whether or not we should look at them. And uh, and then we've got Jeremy Newsom as well, who also looks at the S&P. And so the great thing about this is we've got three different traders looking at the same market for the same time period and analyzing it in slightly different ways. And it gives you guys a really good view of, A, some techniques you can use in the markets uh, yourself, how these guys look at things differently, and how some of these things actually line up, and how you can really sort of, I suppose, take what they're saying and and utilize it from uh, giving yourselves at three different perspectives on how this market works. And then also, um, also, also, also adding Troy's view into it as well, which is quite quite different again. And and then obviously the last trader who's just come back to me now, and hopefully we get it in on time, uh, Paul Langham is going to be on with his prediction. I haven't seen it yet, but I'll add it in here. And the best thing about this is you guys can actually watch the video. So if you're watching the video, great. If you're not, if you're on the podcast, jump onto YouTube and you can watch the video of these guys walking through their analysis. And really, I've got to say, you probably do need the video to see the detail and you're going to really want to jump on there and check it out or jump into the show notes on tradingnut.com and all the all that video will be on there for you to watch. I'm going to Merge them all together so you can watch the whole thing, and it's an entire it's an, in its entirety. It's probably going to run for about uh, looking at the times here. It's probably going to be at knocking on the hour mark, so it's an hour's worth of viewing. Really, really good stuff to kickstart your year, to get you in the right mindset, um, the right space to look at things from a macro view and how things are, are going to progress, potentially progress throughout the year. So, guys, we've got that coming up for you in a second. 
this is a bonus episode, but it is episode 15. Um, we've got some great traders coming up on the show soon. Uh, next week is the first trader of the year, uh, who is somebody I've been taking. It's been taking me. It's taken me ages to get him on the show, and I guarantee he's not on any other podcast out there. Uh, and also the Nick the week after is same sort of deal. Guys, not been on any other podcast, and I've got two more guys lined up. Haven't recorded the episodes yet, but they're going to be coming up soon. Who uh, have not definitely not been on any other podcast. So, guys, trading that as a place to go. If you haven't subscribed to the pod yet, get onto Apple iTunes and subscribe to the podcast. Uh, trust me, there's some fantastic traders on here. And if you want to get more trading, more trading advice, more trading tips more traders in your earbuds and have me interview them, then there's the 52 Traders Archive, which you can actually get access to through the Trading Nut website. And this is my old podcast. I've got all those episodes in there that you can go through and listen to. Check the show notes out. There's videos. There's extra bonuses in there as well. Um, what else can I tell you? Uh, so, yeah, we've got, so we've got these two great traders coming up. We've got more traders coming up into the year. And I've also got another guy who's not a great trader. Okay, he's not a great trader, but he's got a great trading story. And the reason I got him on is because he's an aspiring trader and he's a bit like me. So I wanted to get him on. I wanted to get another couple of traders on. So I recorded his episode. It will be being released soon. And trust me, guys, you can actually learn a lot from this guy. You can actually learn a lot from him. But I want to get a couple more of you listeners on the sh- uh, listeners of the show onto the podcast and uh, and basically, I want to I want to track your progress across the course of the year. So if you're keen, then all you need to do is send me a video explaining why you want to be on the show. Uh, then I'll work out who's going to come on. Um, I'm going to probably mention this a few more times to get a few more people and get a few more videos. And your video will go up on the YouTube channel so other people can learn who you are. And um, I don't know, maybe we'll get some voting going on. I'm not too sure. We'll see how it goes. But um, I definitely want to get a couple more of you guys on the show so we can track your progress throughout the course of the year. Right, uh, before we get into it, the last but not least thing is and I don't mention it enough. I really don't. So I'm I'm into my trading robots. I'm building trading robots every single month for guys who are joining up onto the Robot Traders Club. Now, these things, it's amazing how these things work, right? So I get a daily update, and like yesterday I jumped in, uh, did a video, and, and I was like, I can't believe it. Every single robot is up today. It was incredible. Today I jumped in, or actually by the end of the day, I looked at one of the new ones and I was like, oh man, what? It's just, got, it's tanked. But then I looked at the price chart and I could see why it tanked because the whole, I think it was the whole of Asia just tanked, just completely disintegrated a thousand pips and but the good news is i look at it this morning and i'm like oh my word it's just gone eating up all that profit um all, all that all those losses and it's going to end up the week um back in the in the in the black so this is you know this is where the excitement comes in here with these robots and look i build a new one every month for guys who come on board as part of the trader uh, robot traders club and look on top of that if you're looking to learn to build these robots yourselves, I do have a course, and I don't mention it enough, and I've stopped mentioning it for a while. I do have a course where I teach people how to build trading robots, so check it out. It's currently on at automatemytrading.com, and you can also join up with the Robot Traders Club, 
And there's a bit of a synergy that goes on there that I'd talk to you about uh, independently if you go through the, uh, if you come on board as, as part of the Automate My Trading. Okay, guys, so couple of things to check out for automating some of the stuff you're doing into the 2019 year. And um, yeah, check out, oh, the last but not least thing is we've got the last day of, virtually the last day by the time I release this, before we start the live education for the uh, world's first trading, uh, what do we call it, the demo trading edu contest. So it's a demo trading contest where you can earn some, you can win some cash but you can also learn for a couple of weeks in advance at a really massively discounted rate. Um, if you get on board now, you're going to probably miss the first, maybe you might be quick enough to get the first live session. If not, you'll get you'll miss out on the first couple of sessions. But the good news is they're recorded, so you can catch up and watch the recording. Uh, there's course that you get with it. You get a newsletter with it. There's a whole bunch of stuff, and it's all for under 300 bucks. Then you get the demo trading contest where you actually compete against the other students and you get to see if what you've learned you can actually apply it really good for those who are looking to get themselves steady for 2019 and you can win back your tuition and a chance to win back the uh the pot of cash as well okay guys so without further ado let's get on with this show where we're going to hear from five now five after getting my my phone message here from Paul Langham, um, five traders, and they've all got, well, at the moment, they've all got video footage as well, so it's all going to be up on YouTube, so if you're not watching on YouTube, jump on there and check it out as well. All right, that's it for the intro. Um, I'll see you on the back end of the show. Hi, everyone. This is Al Brooks. Thank you for watching this short excerpt from my Brooks Trading course. Today is January 1st, 2019, and Cam asked me to give my outlook for the coming year for his tradingnut.com website. This is a monthly chart of the E-mini, and I'm going to use it to illustrate my thoughts about the stock market for the coming year. Going back to 2019, the stock market has been in a very strong bull trend and went sideways here for a couple of years. The bears had a chance at a top, but usually the first reversal in a very strong bull trend does not get very far. It usually leads to a trading range and then the bull trend resumes, which it did, and it resumed very strongly. In October, we had the biggest bear bar of the entire 10 years, and then in December, the body was even bigger than the bear bar in October. Something is different. Much bigger bear bars than we've had in the entire 10-year trend. Also, for the bears, they have a slightly higher high double top, and December closed below the lows of the 2018 trading range, and far below. The question everyone has is, is this just a pullback and will we get a new high or is this the start of a swing down? For example, a measured move based upon the height of the double top. We have a double top, we have a neckline and measured move down takes us here back to that 2014-2015 trading range. This might be the final bull flag and if it is, the market typically corrects down to near the bottom of the range, which is around 1800 and that would be about a 40% correction from the high. I do think we're going to get there within the next few years. At the moment, I think we have a 40% chance of this working its way down there over the next couple of years, and a 60% chance of the market staying sideways, maybe making a slight new high, and then going down there. If we do get a new high over the coming year, and then a reversal, we'll have an expanding triangle top. One, two, three, 
and then we have a lower low here. In any case, this is the target, whether or not we go to a new high first. 40% chance we get down there without going to a new high. I think it's really important to understand that every bear trend ends at a monthly support level, usually a trend line. And the bulls are hoping that December was a test of this green line, 2011, 2016, and therefore we're going to bounce up from the trend line and go up to a new high. That's possible, but I think with December being such a big surprise, we're probably going to get a second leg down. Whenever the market does something surprising, it traps both bulls and bears. The bulls were surprised. They were hoping that the market would find support at the February low, and then the bull trend would resume. Instead, we broke far below the February low, and many bulls who bought during 2018 now are trapped into losing trades. They're going to use any bounce to get out of their longs with a smaller loss, so the bulls are going to sell a rally. A lot of bears did not sell on the breakout below the trend line, and they did not sell in October, but now they're confident that we're going at least a little bit lower. The bears will use the first rally to sell as well. So right now, the odds are the December low, even though it fell exactly 20% to a bull trend line, it's not going to be the final low. Also, if you look back over the past 100 years, every time the market has fallen 20%, what happened next? So, for example, if you did some kind of a study on TradeStation or any other stock market program and you searched for every time the market has fallen 20% and then looked at what happened next, how many times has it fallen 20% and immediately gone back up to a new high? Well, the answer is zero. Most traders know that there have been 32 times in the past 100 years when the stock market has fallen 20%. None of those times did it fall 20% and then go up to a new high. Every one of those times, it fell 20% and then more than 20%. On average, it fell about 30%. And therefore, even though we have a little bounce here at 20%, chances are this is not going to be the final low. Chances are we're going a little bit lower. I don't know if it'll fall 22%, 25%, 40% all the way down here, but chances are this is not going to be the final low. Because in the past 32 times when it fell 20%, it ended up falling more than 20%. This is a weekly chart, a trading range for a year, about 50 bars, and we broke strongly below the bottom of that range. Everyone who bought during 2018 is now holding a losing trade. They were hoping the bottom of the trading range would hold and that we would go up to a new high, and the bulls are now trapped. And they don't like the size of this sell off. Most of those bulls, or a lot of those bulls, are going to use any rally to sell out of their lungs, and that will result in a second leg down. And the bears are very happy by the size of the sell-off. They're hoping that the rally last week is simply a bounce off the monthly bull trend line, and that we are in a bear trend forming a series of lower highs and lows. We have lower high, and we have a lower low. They're hoping the bear trend goes back down here to that 2014-2015 trading range below 2000 down to 1800. As I said, they have about a 40% chance right now of achieving that goal. But if we go down here or here, instead of 40% chance, it becomes 50-60% chance that this sell-off will end up as a 40% correction. 
When a sell-off is very strong like this, the first reversal up is usually minor. Bears will sell it. Bulls will sell out of losing lungs with a smaller loss and will get a second leg down. So the odds are, even though we're trying to reverse, we're going to get at least one more leg down below this low. And if we do, let's say we come down here and reverse up, then the bulls will have a wedge. One, two, and then three. Other computers will look at the wedge as one, two, and then three. And if they get a reversal, then they'll have a better chance of going back up either to a new high or to this high. It's near a prior high here. We tried to break above that level here, failed. This is the start of a very strong sell climax. If we do get up there, the bears will try to get a double top. They'll try to break below the neckline and fall for a measured move down. And therefore, even if the bulls do get a very strong rally into early 2019, it's probably going to have a hard time getting above this high. The best the bulls will probably get over the next few months is the trading range. More likely, we're going to go up for a few weeks, maybe three weeks, maybe five weeks, form a lower high, and then get one more push down. And that leg down will be very important. Will we get a reversal? If so, we'll have a wedge bottom and probably we'll get a rally lasting several months. If not, we'll go down to the 1800 level. I want to say one other thing about this chart. We got very close to the 20-week moving average here, but in fact, we did not touch it. This was about 65 weeks without touching the 20-week moving average. Last year, I talked a lot about that being the most extreme buy climax in the 100-year history of the stock market. If you look at the Dow, if you look at the S&P 500, same thing, about 65 weeks without touching the moving average. Never happened in the 100 years of the stock market. Therefore, it's unsustainable and climactic. It's extreme. The monthly chart, January last year, we had 15 months without a bar falling below the low of the prior bar. So a 15-month bull microchannel. That had never happened in the 100-year history of the stock market. Another example of an extreme buy climax. The most extremely overbought the stock market has ever been on the monthly chart and on the weekly chart. The daily chart went over 400 days without a 3% correction. And I forgot how many days, but also a very long time without a 5% correction. Longer than any time in the 100-year history of the stock market. So another example of the most extreme buy climax in the history of the stock market on the daily chart, on the weekly chart, on the monthly chart. Unlikely, you're going to get a small or a brief pullback. When you have the most extreme buy climax on all three time frames in 100 years, chances are the market's going to have to go sideways for a long time before it works off that climax. Back here in the fall on the weekly chart, we had an unusual pair of consecutive bull bars closing near their highs. I said at the time that we're probably getting near the end of the rally. And then here in January, we had one more big bar, big bull bar right there. And at that time, I said, this is it. This is probably going to be the top. We're probably going to get a couple legs sideways to down. And we did. One pullback, two. It turns out it was one pullback to a new high and a bigger two. An extreme buy climax like this, you have to assume the bulls are extremely exhausted and they'll take a long time before they buy again. Daily chart. This is actually pretty interesting to me. 
We have a lot of bear bodies here on the daily chart. In fact, we have 10. And the E-mini has been in existence for 20 years. Never in the 20-year history of the E-mini has there been 10 consecutive bear bars. And therefore, using that measure, this is the most extreme sell climax in the history of the E-mini. In fact, I look back many years prior to the start of the E-mini 20 years ago, and I did not see a single time in the S&P 500 when it had 10 consecutive bear days. I suspect that never in the history of the stock market, 100-year history of the stock market, did it have 10 consecutive bear days. And therefore, on the daily chart, this is the opposite of what we have with the bulls on the daily, weekly, and monthly chart. The market is doing something it has never done before, and therefore, it's an extreme climax. Here, on the daily chart, we have an extreme sell climax. The bears are exhausted, and they'll probably wait for at least a couple legs sideways to up before selling again. If we do go to a new low over the next couple of weeks, the bulls will probably buy it just like they bought here, and the bears will get a second leg sideways to up. One, pull back two, or one, pull back to a new low, and then two. In either case, the odds are we're going to be sideways for 10 or 20 bars at a minimum on the daily chart, which means at least two or three months. The daily chart is telling us that the market's probably going to be in a trading range over the next few weeks. Monthly chart, we're probably going to be in a trading range for many months, possibly a year or more. And weekly chart, same thing, extreme sell climax. The best the bulls will probably get is a trading range. Weekly and monthly chart, odds are we have not seen the final low. We've fallen 20%. That's officially a bear trend we're probably going lower, but no one knows yet how much lower, 25%, 30%. And 2019, of course, there's going to be a rally, but it's probably not going to lead to a new high. If it does lead to a new high, it probably will have a hard time maintaining the high. Chances are we're going to get a sell-off. Bears are going to sell any rally, even if the bulls are lucky enough to get a new high. In conclusion, The upside for the bulls is not good. The bears might get down to 1,800. Right now, they have a 40% chance of that. 60% chance 2019 is going to be sideways with big swings up and down. Also, think about it from another perspective. When the market is collapsing as it has been, are you looking to buy and hold? Are you looking to buy Apple or Amazon with the intention of holding for several years? No, you're scared. Everybody's scared. The pension funds are scared. And as a result, it's unlikely that we're going to get buying and then more buying and then more buying. Nobody's going to want to buy high. No one's going to want to hold on to positions. And that's another reason to expect that the market is going to have a very difficult time rallying, at least for the next many months. I'm Al Brooks from the Brooks Trading Course, and thank you for the opportunity to speak to you about my outlook for 2019. All right, Andre Stewart with uh, chartartisttrading.com. Um, going to do a yearly prediction. Now, first off, it's way... Okay, I'm going to preface this. I think it's way too soon to make a prediction based off what's going to happen during the year. Now, why am I saying that? I'm saying that because being it's only January 2nd, And I don't think enough positions are in the market to say, hey, the market's going to do this or the market's going to do that. So essentially what we're looking at is we're looking at the dollar index on a 12-month period, 12-month chart. So 
it doesn't look bearish. Doesn't look bullish, right? It's just kind of in limbo. So, in a picture perfect world, let's get rid of all drawing tools here. In a perfect world, I would probably say, okay, if the market was down here, look to be a buyer, right? Longer term, because this is this here's the yearly low. I ultimately believe in buying high, selling low. But again, it also depends on rejections versus extensions. Uh, just kind of giving you the uh, mentality of the market. Let's take a look right here. 2001 to 2002. This is the dot-com bubble. You can see that the, that the dollar clearly retested a high. Clearly, clearly, clearly retested a high before it fell off. Right, so again, it came into an area where the value was for sellers, right? And it happened. So ideally, so if we were going to call this a bearish year, you would probably want to see the market up there, right, at some point, right? Because eh, we can go through and find that, but eh, I don't feel like doing that right now. Um, so right when the market came into this territory, it rejected up out of that. Which ultimately says the, the, the momentum for the dollar is to the upside. Now, last year I was of the belief that the dollar is going to come up here and test this year's high. Now, if we have a very extended run up in, up into this area, you're looking at, I can't say that here, but you're looking at a scenario to where you would look for one of the only six things that the market does in order to call the top and in order to call the bottom if you're looking at here. However, based off of value, the best place to buy is going to be down in here, right? The best place to short will be here. Very, very, very best place to to sell would be up here. And the second best is here. Now, well, why is that? That's mainly because, again, you have to buy high, buy low, you have to sell high, Right. And again, we're, if we're in, and I know most people are going to be trying to call doomsday on the world's financial markets because they already are. Um, it's kind of futile at this point to even think to do that. Now, well, why am I saying that? Because ultimately, the dollar we most of us trade forex, and ultimately, the dollar dictates a lot of what um, a lot of what the currency markets look at. Euro being weighted heavily against the dollar at fifty-seven percent. So those are other factors that you have to look at the European, the European Union uh, interest rate differentials. Now, if interest rate differentials favor the uh, dollar as far as um, uh, safe bets go right right now. Um, and the Fed just actually raised rates, and then we're now we're looking at another scenario to where the Fed could possibly raise rates again. We just got to wait till uh, FOMC. Now, another thing that most people aren't realizing, U.S. just became the lar uh, the net exporter of oil. That's going to revert any recession talks for a while because now that we have kind of a, a foundation in oil, um, that can halt. I don't want to say halt, but it can slow down any, any, any recession talk. 
the next contributor in in my book and from for what I can what I want to look at is gold. It's not looking at gold, right? Let's compare the past. So this is 2001, gold was falling. And it's logical because it came into a, an area where you would expect some, well, you'd expect some bids. And I'm sorry, you, you'd expect some offers, right? Just just smashed in there. Then over the last two years, gold's been bullish. Uh, this was almost a 52-week low. And now gold, did, gold, gold was ultimately bullish from... I forget what point I was analyzing this point, um, but at some point in 2000, uh, last year, this gold was bullish the majority of the year. Uh, and, and of course, gold's going to gold pull back because look at where it's at and everyone's trying to call the top. Right? It's logical. Uh, and again, these markets don't look bullish. They don't look bearish, right? In order for gold to sell, you have to think too, who moves these damn markets? You or institutions? Institutions do, right? It's Logical. You think they're going to want to sell out the market here? Mm-mm, doesn't make any sense, right? They have the ability to push the market to areas where uh, the best, to areas of best price. And that's how financial turnarounds happen, right? Let's look at the S&P because everyone's calling doom and gloom. And I find that's when everyone is... Uh, calling something they're wrong. I don't think the S&P is going to fall out the top, the bottom. If Again, because all, all we had was a run at the best price, right? It's all we had. And I think what we experienced is some end-of-the-year profit-taking. What will probably likely happen is uh, the yearly low, right? Um, will probably be a factor. What's what will probably end up happening is uh, my dog's barking in their sleep. Um, what will probably happen is you'll get to here, right? And the the media is going to be screaming bloodshed and oh, it's at a low this, it's at a low that, blah blah blah, right? All the horse crap that goes on with news trading. Probably clear this low. And then come back up and make a new high for the year, right? You got to be, you, you have to be logical because even a lot of, here we go, here, here I go on my, one of my Andre rants, um, worse than Kanye West at this point. Um, a lot of times what you're going to find is the worst after the fact traders are in media outlets, right? Because they report at the, at the beginning of the market and then they report at the end of the day, and then they state the obvious at the end of the day, which is why I don't pay attention to much of the fundamental. And I say the fundamental, but a lot of your news outlets, um, I don't pay. I don't pay pay attention to any any of them. Um, I do like Bloomberg because they do have actual traders on there who state their actual opinion. Other than that, nothing else really matters to me, and their opinions don't even matter to me as well. So. If we make a run at last year's low, it's probably going to be a good buying opportunity. And I know that's uncomfortable for a lot of people, but that's how this game works. Um, and again, let's see if we can put volume on here. So again, don't be shocked if you do get some bid pressure in here. Don't be shocked 
if you get some bit pressure in here, right? Because I don't think it's recession time. Not yet. Everybody's talking about it. Recession is going to come when usually when the markets are at highs and all that stuff. But you notice this drop hit a clear to six month high and then fell because again, there's no, look, there's no bid pressure up here. There's no bid pressure, right? So why would the market keep going, right? You know how expensive it is when you're buying something at 2800 a pop? It's pretty expensive, right? You got to look at it that way. Um, I think 23 is better, right? Uh, 22.13 is better. Hell, what's even better would probably be somewhere in here, right? 12, 12 something. But again, that may be, that may be splitting hairs. But again, just watch the low. It may be an opportunity to, to bid up the market because you have a high volume area here, right? All that, it's not rocket science, right? And then again, you're just going to look for one of the, if you're one of my, my people, you know the six scenarios that the market does before, uh, a reversal or continuation. Um, and that's what you have to just figure out, right, on your own. And again, um, this is why I think it's kind of, and I'm not saying Cam is foolish. I love Cam a lot. Um, but I think it's foolish to personally right now try to pick a direction for the year. It's not going to happen. It just, it's just not going to happen. Um, no one knows. No one knows. Any hearsay, he say, she, she say, it's all speculation at this point. Stay away from speculation. Even if you respect the trader, stay away from speculation. It's stupid. Come to your own conclusions. Me, I personally like database conclusions. So there you go. Um, it's neither bullish nor bearish to me. I'm, I need to see a run. You, 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 you need to think in terms of value and how you actually buy things in life. Market's no different. It's a fuck. It's a freaking market for Christ's sake. So, <laughs> sorry for that slip, Cam. Um, yeah, just be very logical. Um, don't. I'm not going to tell you not to pick tops and not to pick bottoms because it's kind of easy to do so. Um, but don't fall for the trap of thinking, "Oh, it's going to be bearish for 2019." Oh, it's going to be. Don't fall. Don't don't fall into that trap yet because it's not time. It's definitely not time. Mainly because you're going to have... See, here's the thing. You essentially have three crowds. You have institutions, the ones that push money. You have speculators, right? Speculators are people with a crap ton of money who just speculate the market, um, who are essentially the biggest losers in the market, right? And it has nothing to do with retail traders, when I talk about huge speculators, I'm talking about guys who just have millions of dollars to play with and they play in these markets. So you have institutions like your Goldman's and all that. You have your large speculators, just your wealthy SOBs, like super wealthy SOBs. Um, and then you have um, banks who primarily deal in whole positions based off interest rate differentials, right? And that's kind of how... This works retail is just a bystander, right? They just usually get in the way. And unless you're on my team, you know what to do and you know how to execute. So that's what I got for this one. Um, and again, I'm not picking a direction just because the market needs to show itself first. All right. Any questions, email me, Andre at chartartisttrading.com. Um, um, 
that's all I got. All right, guys, I hope you're enjoying the new year. Hope this was informative because my goal every time I do something like this is to give value. Um, watch for the signs, right? The market's going to give you a sign. It's just where is the mark? Where is the sign going to come from? So, all right, that's all I got. Good luck out there. Don't don't bet the house on anything because uh, you're just playing with fire. All right, take care, guys. Hi, everyone. It's Troy Bombardier from bullmarkets.co. In today's video, we're going to look at our macro outlook for 2019. So right now, the long-term risk-reward leans bearish. It is not bullish. Now, this doesn't necessarily mean that the uh, bull market from 2009 to present is over, but it means that even if the stock market goes up, from a risk-reward perspective, it no longer favors bulls. So the stock market and the economy go in the same direction in the long term. As the economy improves, that drives corporate profits higher, and corporate profits and stock prices go in the same direction. They don't go on a one-to-one ratio, but they go in the same direction. That's why, by definition, in a bull market, valuations will expand, and in a bear market, valuations will contract. In this chart right here, this is the Goldman Sachs bull bear indicator. And what they've done is they've taken a couple of major economic indicators, such as the inflation rate, the S&P's PE ratio, the unemployment rate, and I believe ISM, and then they turn that into a percentile. And what you can see is that right now, the Goldman bull bear indicator is very, very high. It's equivalent to where it was um, during the previous bull market's top, during the 2000 top, during the 1960s tops and just before the 1973 top. So this right here, it's not a timing indicator, but it tells you that from a long-term perspective, from a risk-reward perspective, it favors the bears. Now these are all uh, lagging indicators. These are not leading indicators. So let's get on to the leading economic indicators. Because the stock market and the economy move in the same direction in the long-term, leading economic indicators are also long-term leading stock market indicators. Then this chart right here shows um, unit profits for non-financial corporations. And what you can see is that this figure tends to peak somewhere, for example, halfway in an economic expansion. And this peaked all the way back in uh, Q3 2014. And since then, it has been trending downwards. So this, once again, is not a timing indicator, but it does tell you that we are definitely in the late stages of this bull market. If not, it's already over. Now let's get on to the monthly supply of houses. Housing is one of the earliest leading sectors in the economy. And what you can see is that uh, the monthly supply of houses, which is basically tracking inventory, has been going up. And it tends to go up before various recessions and bear markets begin. Now let's get on to new home sales. Once again, what you can see is that new home sales throughout 2018 has been falling. This is why we were bearish towards the end of uh, 2018 because the economy had been deteriorating significantly by then. So once again, new home sales falling and the monthly supply of houses, which mirrors new home sales as a reflected image has been rising. Now here is housing starts and housing starts uh, throughout 2018 has been going sideways. So it pretty much demonstrates the same thing that you see in new home sales. And lastly, for the housing sector, this is building permits very similar to housing starts and new home sales, and this has been trending sideways um, or somewhat falling throughout 2018. 
Now, the uh, slightly less leading indicator is the labor markets. For example, initial claims and continued claims. So what you can see is that this figure, initial claims, is very, very low. But more importantly, this figure has been pretty much trending sideways throughout the second half of 2018. And if housing doesn't really improve, then initial claims will probably start to pick up. And when initial claims starts to trend upwards, as you can see here, uh, here, and here, that's when you know you're leading into a recession. Uh, once again, same thing with continued claims. You can see that continued claims, at least throughout Q3 uh, to Q4 2018, has been trending sideways. And once again, it's very low. Once this figure starts to trend upwards, you know you're on the path to a recession. And right here is um, heavy truck sales. And you can see this figure before recession so, uh, tends to start to fall. And it pretty much uh, has probably peaked this year in September 2018. So what you're seeing is that the various leading indicators are probably pointing to a recession, perhaps sometimes in the second half of 2019 or 2020. So what does that mean for the stock market? Well, when you have a recession combined with high valuations, such as right now, you tend to get a big bear market. For example, the bigger than 33% declines that last at least one year. When you get a recession, uh, such as in the year 1990, combined with low valuations, which is what happened in 1990s, you tend to get just you know a 20%, 30% decline. So what that's saying is that right now we have high valuations, and plus there's going to be a recession, perhaps at the end of next year or 2020. And when that happens, it's going to be a much bigger uh, decline in the stock market. So to understand this analogy, just think, you, think about um, somebody jumping out of a building. If you jump out of the first story uh, floor in a building, you're probably going to break a leg. And the first floor, uh, story floor in this case is analogous to uh, low valuations. So when you have low valuations and then a problem like a recession, you tend to get, for example, a 20 to 30% decline. But when you have high valuations, it's like jumping out of the 20th floor of a building, you are going to die. So if you have high valuations plus a recession, which is the case that's probably going to happen in 2019 and 2020, then you end up getting a much bigger bear market, for example, 30 to 50%. So that's the macro outlook for 2019. So far, what we're seeing is that uh, macro is going to be kind of muddled throughout the first quarter to two quarters of 2019. So the stock market's probably going to bounce around in a very, very wide range. But come second half of 2019, that's when the problems really start to go down. So thank you for watching this video, and if you liked it, please head over to bullmarkets.co. Bye. Hey everyone, Jeremy Alexander Newsom here with Real Life Trading. I trust everyone had a splendid holiday season, and the U.S. markets are back to open today. Let's talk about my overall broad picture macro viewpoints on the market, and kind of just discuss my thoughts from where we likely are going to be going here uh, from here. So what's really interesting is we go on a monthly chart on the SPY, which is the, the ETF for the S&P 500. One of the things I've been tracking very closely is this very pretty wave count. Uh, one, two, three, four, uh, five. With this wave five structure being this new high that we made back in uh, the July time frame with the, with the overall markets, July to October, end of October, uh, beginning of October time frame. And this is a very pretty one, two, three, four, five wave structure. Very cute, crisp, clean, very nice. And you can actually count numerous waves inside of this since this is a monthly chart. For example, 
on this wave one, you get a, a very nice one, two, three. And inside this wave three, you get a really nice one, two, uh, definitely a three as well. And inside this uh, wave four, we get some good uh, retracements. Inside the wave five, you get a one, two, three, four, five. So really what we're doing is we're experiencing an ABC wave structure of some magnitude. Biggest question for most people is just simply going to be, how far do we go down and how long do we continue to go down? And that's the part that no one is going to know the answer to um, for sure. What I can say is this is a very interesting sell-off. And the month of December, uh, since we're in January now, has been much more bearish than most people imagined with a lot of volume coming into, this, uh, into the market. Now, this particular pattern, if we go to a weekly chart, does look very much like uh, some type of head and shoulders pattern. This is the uh, weekly 200 simple on the SPY. And you'll actually notice that we did trade right down to the 200 simple on a weekly down here at 234. So that's really quite a big deal since that is a very, very good support for the SPYs to bounce off of. So could this be the low? The answer is actually yes, it really could. What most likely we will get is some type of double bottom test. Very rarely, uh, especially after the markets strongly move up, do you just get a one bounce, like a V bottom type of wave structure. A V bottom would look something like this. Boom, boom, and we're just off to the races. That's quite rare, especially in a broader market. Like an individual stock, it can happen more frequently. But a broader market ETF, you know, the S&P 500, you're really going to have 500 stocks of consolidation. And remember that people are investing in them directly. So with these volume declines that are coming in over the last two weeks that really kind of um, perfectly matched up with the Christmas and the New Year holiday with normal volume declining anyway, what we're getting is this 254 to 256 level will be a very strong resistance. It is my interpretation that we actually do make another low. It doesn't have to be a lower low, although it very well could be. Um, I'm pretty uh, pretty confident that we're going to get uh, another rotation down to the 230-ish area on the SPY. And then from there, we will either bounce and trade back up into the 263 area where it really will be a pretty big question mark as what will happen around the May to April time frame. Um, you know, do we roll over? Do we trade back down, retest, and then continue higher? That will be a really, really fun and kind of challenging spot to trade. I think for the next few weeks, though, we'll have a really fun trading period on the markets as this is a retest and a really, really strong candle uh, is going to be the low of today, actually. Now, the low of today, um, this is 2 45.95 and we opened at 245.98 so almost a perfect shaved bottom candle we are retesting the 10 and the 20s kind of coming down so we've had a big move right you had a massive massive bullish day on the 26th of december you had another really strong bullish day on the 27th of december so we've retested and what's interesting right now is the spy actually as i'm mentioning this is uh is down a little bit uh because of apple gapping down now, as long as we hold the low of 245.63, it is my intention that we will trade up a little bit higher into the 254 area. Um, and then from there, the giant question mark is just simply, what will the rollover look like and how big will it be? Because we will get one. It'll either be 
uh, as I mentioned, much larger, or it'll be a little bit smaller in fashion where we'll trade down and then we'll bounce uh, and end up trading back up into the 267 uh, area. So again, this is the, sorry, the 260 area, 261. That's gonna be a really, really key price because that's the 100 simple on a weekly. So we probably will ping and pong our way in between these support and resistances for a bit. So the 100 simple on a weekly is 260, let's call it 261. And the 200 simple on a weekly is 230, let's call it 235. So these particular supports will be really strong, really key. And again, on a monthly time frame, it just makes sense that uh, based on the wave structure and the volume and the close and really just the gnarliness of December's candle, that we will trade lower. Most of January and February will be relatively choppy and pretty sideways, most likely, but it almost is an inconsequential possibility uh, that we go higher. We do likely break down, and eventually I could easily see the spy trading all the way down to this 214, 212 price range. Uh, that could easily happen this year, and if that does occur, I think it will be a very good buying opportunity, kind of on the longer term scale. But between now and then, as big as this candle is on a monthly chart, uh, already this is actually the average size of most of the months that we got in 2017. This candle we've already formed <laughs> in the month of January. So that's kind of my predictions. My predictions are we're going to retest. We do actually end up rolling a little bit lower. We bounce around. But uh, eventually, as we break this 234 level, we'll trade down to the 212-ish price range on SPY and then start stabilizing. Um, stocks like Apple, Apple has a little bit lower to go as well. Uh, the weekly long-term moving averages is at 141.90. I think that is almost unquestionable that we eventually get down there on Apple as, this, uh, as the tech giant has started slowly slowing down. And a lot of other companies are going to get more interested in, uh, in moving higher. Companies like Salesforce, right? CRM, um, smaller companies like Square, for example, SQ, are going to be taking on the brunt of really causing the market to slowly grind higher. But the big boys, you know, IBM, um, Apple, Amazon, of course, obviously up there. Google is going to really have to fight to hold this 100 simple moving average. This is, again, on a weekly chart. Uh, and, of course, the biggest one right now, biggest company in the world, Microsoft, as far as market cap is concerned. My, I do believe Microsoft eventually hits this 100 simple on a weekly chart. It really, for the most part, has not pulled back very much. And what we're doing right now is we are retesting some really interesting support. This was the drawing uh, that I created on the 21st of December, mentioning that we're going to you know, eventually retest this price. The 200 simple moving average is 103.51. And at this particular juncture, a lot of these stocks, it just kind of seems like we're going to run into some resistance and then eventually roll down a little bit lower, even if it does make a semi-equal low, which again, would be a great spot for some buying to come in. If we trade down on pretty much anything into this 94 price range on Microsoft, but again, just on the broader picture, you're looking at the companies um, as good buying opportunities down around that similar support that we made on New uh, Christmas Eve timeframe. That support will be good for very fast swing trades and also some really quick day trades. 
But yep, it is my thought process, and a lot of people are going to be thinking from here as well that we do go lower. The only question, I think, is just how will it look? And I don't think it'll be super easy and super obvious. It's either going to be very, very fast, meaning we just trade down there and get down there before March, like that 212 time frame, or it'll be a little bit more arduous, a little bit more choppy, and a little bit more ugly. I don't think it's going to be super clean, super easy. We just retest this neckline and just roll right on over. I don't think it's going to be that quite that easy. Um, and if I had to guess, which this is really all this is, I actually think it's probably going to be a little bit more on the faster side, something that people won't entirely um, be ready for. And just based on the volume alone, the fact that we got that massive, massive volume right beginning of December, um, sorry, middle December, weakest December, I think, in stock market history since the Great Depression. So that says a lot. And we're going to be really watching these areas on the SPY. The big line in the sand, as I mentioned, will be the low of today. If we close below that and start taking that out, it's almost unquestionable that we trade back down to these 234 area level on the SPY and then potentially double bottom. And if we don't, then 212 on the SPY, here we come. Hopefully this was at least a little bit helpful. Folks, there's so many opportunities out there to make money, protect yourself, create cash flow from the markets and live the life that you want. Most of you who are listening to this right now are excited and loving the markets. So let's continue doing that. Thank you so much for being a part of this. You all rock. Bye. Hi everybody, this is Paul Langer from Exact Trading and welcome to this special video that I'm making you on behalf of Cam. Uh, Cam has very kindly uh, asked me to give some thoughts about how I could uh, how I could see a particular currency pair panning out over the uh, next year, over 2019. Um, and I'd like to actually just take this opportunity to give you some indication of how I think things are going to play out. In order to do that, I just want to go back in time a little bit so we can refresh our memory about where we have been, how the euro has actually been performing. And one of the major points, obviously, is the 2014... Um, when Draghi said uh, he was going to do whatever it took to save the euro, this uh, was the precursor to the huge, massive uh, rundown from run about 140 the whole way down to uh, 104, almost parity. They tried for parity down here in 2016, uh, the uh, December uh, period of 2016 didn't make parity and then we had a, a little gap here for French election and the price uh, moved to the upside and everybody thought everything was going to be okay moving to the upside moving to the upside uh, and then we've had uh, we've had some uh, economic problems since then uh, price pulled back to the downside and currently if we put this on the daily time frame uh, we can see that this is uh, just a sideways continuation trade uh, which I'm putting down to the uh, Brexit ensuing Brexit um, debate and the decision on Brexit which is coming up now very very shortly uh, unable really to get going one way or another now I think if traders are patient I think they are going to be quite handsomely rewarded because this is going to change. Probably what's going to happen is there will be um, a, a deal with the uh, with the uh, regards to Brexit. It will be favourable to neither side. And the, the unhidden trade, I believe, uh, will be that the euro actually will take just, a, just as much a hit uh, as the British pound will. Uh, obviously, I'm talking about against the dollar. 
And a couple of other statistics that I want to just throw out at you as to why this might happen. So firstly, you know, the euro, um, obviously, eurozone is going to be without the cash that United Kingdom uh, push into uh, the eurozone in terms of uh, their, their contributions and fees. That's not going to be there. It's going to be unsettling for the group as a, as, as a whole. Stock markets are already down. Eurostox is massively down for 2018, still down already in 2019. And this thing, from a price action point of view, it just, you know, it has already rolled over. And the, the point that I'm coming to is we are just on the border of you know are we in this lower zone down here or are we actually in the upper zone down here i think you will find that this is probably going to continue along the edge here for quite some time but for 2019 what i'm um going to put my head on the block and say that actually the euro will sell off back down into this range here uh, i'm not going to give a precise target because that's i think that's um a little bit foolhardy to give precise targets, but what I'm what I'm seeing is that we do have the possibility to, to sell off into this range here. Um, so my 2019 predictions will be. So here we are, around about uh, you know, let's call it 114 even at the moment. Uh, my prediction is that actually price will be lower than 114, uh, probably down somewhere around about 110, 117. Uh, by the end of the uh, end of the year, and based on the uh, Brexit negotiations, where the, the the outcome will be actually quite bad for both sides, and the British pound and the euro will obviously uh, take a hit against the dollar, um, and that manifests itself by the the sell-off uh, continuing. So that was it. I hope you enjoyed that uh, short uh, video. Thanks for listening, and uh, wish you great success with your trading in 2019. All right. So there we have it, guys. Some different views on 2019 in the markets. Um, I do recommend going onto the YouTube channel to see what these guys are actually talking about. They've all provided videos uh, that walk through this stuff on a, in a visual way, which is going to fill in some of the blanks that you might be thinking um, if you're listening to this in your car or out for a run or, or whatever. So guys, check it out on tradingnut.com. You'll find it at episode 16, and there'll be a link to the YouTube video there. Do make sure you subscribe to the podcast or subscribe to the YouTube channel whilst you're there and um, check out the robot traders club as i mentioned at the start of the show and also last last days to get onto the edu trading contest so if you want to get on that demo trading edu edu contest then um, head over there to tradingnut.com and you'll see links there as well and in the show notes all right folks until next week when we've got a fantastic episode a fantastic trader have a great trading week